This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end, Heidi fucking Ho. And welcome back to Chucky Queers. It's our weekly coverage of Don Mancini's sci-fi series. And I'm Joe. And I'm Trace. And yes, we are discussing the season three premiere titled Murder at 1600, which, um, apropos, given that we do spend half of this episode in the White House. Oh my gosh. It is a lot of not our returning characters and a lot of new people in the White House. It very much is. We get like random check-ins with our trio one at a time before we kind of all regroup at the end. Um, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I had a similar issue with last season where it was like, it's, it's mostly just kind of like dealing with, well, I was going to say dealing with the fallout of the previous season finale, but this almost feels like a soft reboot of sorts. I was literally about to say it's a soft reboot. Mm -hmm. In some ways, I can't help but wonder if they do this in order to grab new viewers each season. Like the show was obviously very successful. This felt like a no brainer to bring it back for a third season this time. But you can't help but wonder if Don Mancini gets these marching orders like, hey, you need to make it a soft cushion to get people into a new season. I don't even know about that because I mean, like, well, yes, you have that part that can, I guess, if you're a newcomer coming into this nearly 40 decade, 40 decade, 40 year franchise, uh, Mm -hmm. like fresh, I I guess maybe. But at the same time, like we're still like dealing with shit from last season, even though we still have yet to see Tiffany and Nika. Of course. Yes. I mean, I don't know about you, but at this point, I feel like I had I had learned not to expect to see any of the big names. Like I knew we would see our kids, but I didn't anticipate seeing anybody. That being said, while this White House story is very much another, okay, kid gets Chucky, kid talks to Chucky, parents don't believe Chucky. I did actually like these characters, specifically the parents, quite a bit. Yes. Okay. So uh, shocking everyone, we've got Devin Sawa coming back. He had previously said he wasn't going to. So this is obviously a giant fake out from him. He's playing President James Collins, who is running on a platform of utter transparency, which seems like 
the silliest thing ever. I love that they even said at one point, they were like, yeah, he's he's an independent. And I was like, oh, Don Mancini is playing in fiction here. I need to, I, I need to know more about what this means. Because we have, a, 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 at first I was kind of like, oh, this older son is going to be a piece of shit. But at the same mm-hmm. time, when he was saying stuff, I was kind of like, I kind of agree with him though. <laughs> yes, yes, sorry. And the, the rest of the family oh, is yeah. uh, First Lady Charlotte Collins, who is played by returning guest star, Laura Jean Charistecki, as Yay! well as I'm very so happy exciting. <laughs> I'm not going to like the way that Mancini is bringing the same actors back in different roles is feeling like a better version of a Ryan Murphy American I, Horror okay. Story. I was thinking the exact same thing because the difference is we're dealing with the same continuity. So it's not an mm-hmm. anthology series, but we're no. just recasting these people as they die in previous seasons. And you know what? Yeah. I'm here for it. And if we here keep doing it. this with Charistecki too, like I am, keep bringing her back. <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel like she actually gets more to do. Like I was really not in love with her nun character last season. Like yeah. she just, her arc was too fast and it didn't really work for me whereas mm-hmm. here she's playing a more grounded figure and i think she's gonna have some room to do more interesting things well i will tell you this i was a little maybe worried is not the right word but i was thinking we were going to be doing another kind of trump thing with the devon Selma mm-hmm. character and i'm very happy that that is not the case um yeah both of these parents are very likable yes yeah the parents are very likable I'm not going to disagree with you because I do think Grant is the weird one out. So Grant is the older brother played by Jackson Kelly. He's pot smoking and doing TikToks in the White House. And initially, I thought he was going to be a shit. And I was kind of happy to see, oh, we're already moving past that by the end of this first episode. The key scene was him bonding with his Secret Service agent. I was I was pleasantly surprised with that. I was like, okay, cool. Like, we're going to humanize this character a bit before he probably inevitably gets killed by Chucky at some point. (laughs) A hundred percent. Remember the first season when we thought, oh, we're not going to kill very many people and we're definitely not going to kill kids. And then two seasons later, we're like, how long until we kill these kids? (laughs) I mean, well, here's the thing, too. I mean, do we think they're going to kill these parents? I unfortunately. I feel like the first lady's probably out, but I'm just like killing yes. the president seems like a pretty big thing. <laughs> yes. I mean, the, the story is massive, right? Like not to jump ahead all the way to the end of the episode, but the reason that the kids figure out where Chucky is now is because they're literally watching the new doll, Jeffrey, uh, on TV. And it's like, oh, this is big now i don't know about you but i was screaming because like they're, 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 our central trio were like talking about where's chucky where's chucky where's chucky while the news is like behind them the whole time behind and you. i'm like look behind you <laughs> <laughs> like a classic slasher film yes <laughs> um but yeah no uh and we have you know oh god what's our what's our young child's name um so our young child is named henry he's played by callum vinson and this is andy barkley 2.0 right yeah, yeah, but does he have a little bit of a creepy child? Well, I, I guess, well, I'm sorry, we're forgetting the, the other part of the mystery is that they have a dead sibling that was named mm-hmm. Joseph, that he has now named the Chucky doll, um, the same name, Joseph. Yes, Joseph, not Jeffrey. Thank you for that. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of a blink and you miss it or plug your ears and you miss it one line reference. So I liked that we're probably going to unpack that. It's interesting. I didn't get creepy kid from this, but now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, what's the likelihood that one of these two kids killed their brother? Yeah, that's kind of the thing, because I mean, obviously we haven't had Caroline in this episode yet, Mm -hmm. but that seems to be kind of, again, what I'm presuming is going to be a master plan of like raising an army of evil children. (laughs) Oh, God, I kind of hope we're leaving the army of evil children behind because 
remember we're down to one Chucky again, right? right? Like right, right, we right. got rid of all those other Chucky dolls. We're not splitting souls, presumably. We'll see. I mean, it's Chucky, so anything is possible. Well, I mean, that's you know, because like uh, last season, you know, we're very much dealing with religious horror in like the Catholic school setting. But like, so mm-hmm. what is this? Is this like political horror? So are we going to be having more commentary this season? You think? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we don't have enough information from this first episode to make a value judgment on where we could be going. Yeah, I've seen people compare it to The Omen, or I guess specifically The Omen 3 Final Conflict. (laughs) Right. Okay, which in that case could be about positioning Henry as a child who's going to, yeah, get corrupted and, and become a kind of seed of Satan. Yeah, um, I did think there was really some really fun camera work, though. Like, I mean, again, like this, you're going to think this is really obvious, but the transition from uh, the older, oh my God, I'm forgetting all these names already. What is the older kid's name? <laughs> Teddy? The older kid is Grant. Grant. Oh, my God. Grant, you know, confessing to a secret conversation about smoking pot. And then we have like this transition across rooms as the yes. parents are smoking pot, too. <laughs> yeah which to me felt like a very nice acknowledgement of the fact that we're in 2023 like pot smoking is not a big deal anymore (laughs) so i love that for teenagers getting caught would be a huge issue particularly in the white house you know this venerated institution you know Mm -hmm. we've got uh first lady charlotte spending most of the episode worrying about making a dramatic impact on the wallpaper (laughs) Yeah. And again, I thought when it started, I was like, oh, is she just going to be like one of those types of like shrew women characters? But again, yeah. like, like the, the episode does some work. And I think for being the third season in and spending most of this episode's runtime with new characters, that mm-hmm. says a lot for the, the work that both uh, Don Mancini and his co-writer Nick Ziegler do on this episode. Yeah, yeah. I I was mostly happy with it as a premiere. You know, if this was a middle of the season entry, I'd probably find it a little bit too slow. The stuff with Henry and being scared of ghosts, I do think that that's obviously going to pay off, but it feels like we are getting a lot of it in this first episode see what's working a little bit less for me i mean I, i'm intrigued but kind of like i feel like i know this is where this is gonna go is the nosy journalist lady who yeah i mean i just feel like she's gonna wind up like in the white house somewhere and chucky's gonna kill her <laughs> <laughs> yes uh that would be gretchen i haven't figured out who the actress is who's playing her looks a bit like an uh anna chumsky chump Chumsky. there we go mm-hmm. Yeah, looks a bit like her. I mean, this series obviously shares a lot of DNA with Hannibal. So I'm never surprised when we kind of get lookalike actors and or characters. But you're right. This definitely seems like one of those. Oh, she's going to be poking around. She's obviously looking for a juicy pay dirt kind of score. And obviously that will not come to a good end for her. Well, and and I I hope that the show like subverts my expectations and maybe doesn't do that because unfortunately that's I mean, again, we're three seasons in. I feel like we're kind of Mm -hmm. getting into a groove. So while we're changing settings every season, the the formula is still kind of similar, at least with when it comes to outside characters being brought into the fold. Yeah, like basically every new character that gets introduced, you just think, okay, so how long until we kill them off, right? Because we've got the press secretary, we've got uh, Sam, the secretary or personal assistant to the president. And then we also have Vice President Spence, who is played by another returning Chucky actor in Michael Terrialt. He was the doctor from Curse and he was Lexi's father in season one. Oh, 
that makes a lot of sense. Okay, well, so then before we finally get onto our trio, and we do have one pretty big death, a big death. It's a gory death for a Mm -hmm. non-major character. But um, yeah, the Secret Service agent. uh, Oh, this is Teddy, right? This is Teddy. This is Teddy. (laughs) I thought that this was a smart character to kill off in this Mm -hmm. premiere because I really liked him and I liked his relationship to Henry. Me too. So I wouldn't have pegged him as the first person to get off. And yeah, Chucky fully takes him out with a headshot. <laughs> it's pretty gory. I mean, I, 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 I didn't like pause to see if I could tell like what was CGI versus practical, but like it was so quick mm-hmm. that it looked good. And right. that eyeball sliding down the wall. <laughs> Grim stuff. Very nicely done. <laughs> uh, so what about our central trio? Huh? Well, let's catch up with Devin and Jake and Lexi. Hmm. Yeah. So interestingly enough, we're introduced or reintroduced rather to all of them via social media, which mm-hmm. also feels very okay. People probably think that we are either murderers or juvenile delinquents because of what happened over the last couple of years. So we've got Jake making a plea for dolls. We've got Lexi doing viral TikTok dances in an effort to secure information about Caroline. She called them thirst traps. And I was like, is that what this is? <laughs> for the preteen set? Maybe. I, I mean, mean it, it seems to me like Jake was also like a social media star for his doll shit. And I guess maybe his involvement with the previous season's activities, or I guess all of them are. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I got the impression that he was more of a social media star And then, yeah, we have Devin just doing like his podcast again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And of course, really what we're doing with all three of these characters is not just reintroducing our central trio, who will, of course, have a big role to play, but also they're here to deliver a lot of exposition for any newcomers because Jake is kind of like, hey... I'm collecting this doll because I have a weird relationship with it. Lexi's like, hey, my sister was kidnapped last Christmas when my mom was killed. And Devin's like, hey, remember Junior from season one? Oh, yeah. What (laughs) what a blast from the past. But I will say what I like already, though, is that we have all of them together. Mm -hmm. So we're not splitting them up. We're waiting for them to get together. Although, unfortunately, I do think this is going to be a case, though, again, if we're waiting for the three different um, plots to merge by season's end. Oh, I guess we should probably mention, y'all, this is the first of part one, because it mm-hmm. does seem like the show is impacted by the writer's strike uh, and the SAG strikes. So we will get the remaining four episodes next year. Yeah. So basically, we are getting an October fix and then mm-hmm. we will be done. But it's not clear whether they were able to kind of anticipate and maybe have episode four act as a bit of a mid-season, mid-season finale. finale. Yeah. Or it could just be, this is a half. I mean, it is the halfway point of the season. So hypothetically, they might have had something to push them into yeah. the back half. Well, in episode four last year was the other uh, big murder mystery party at Jennifer Tilly's place. So like it could right. be like a special episode like that, too. There we go. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, they're all uh, under the care of Mrs. Fairchild, their biology teacher from season one, because that's a thing that happens with uh, foster kids. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it's good to see Annie Briggs again, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a bit of a thankless role where she is, I gathered now looking after both Jake and and Lexi and I, Devin. Or? I think she's looking after all of them, which means that Jake and Devin can just fuck whenever they want, because that's something that is introduced in this episode. <laughs> Well, kind of. We're not quite there yet. We're working up to it. We're starting to get hot and heavy, but we keep getting interrupted. It's very classic YA structure. You know, we just want to fuck, but we keep getting interrupted. Yeah. 
I will say though, like I, I appreciate uh, when we talked to Don Mancini last year in our interview, like he said that that's something he wanted to directly address in this third season was like their mm-hmm. sex life. And I'm happy right. to see it here. I, a part of me still feels really weird because these are both, uh, well, at least in Arthur's case is a 17 year old actor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they're playing 16 year old characters. So they're yeah. even younger than the actors portraying them. I do want to have a conversation about Zachary Arthur because Olivia Allenland, as well as Bjorgvin Arnerson, they both look relatively similar. But then we've got Zachary Arthur looking like he has been hitting the fucking gym. gym. <laughs> and I couldn't help but wonder, did you think that this was a bit of commentary on like out gay teenagers where it's like you've got to adhere to a certain type of body image look? I don't know, because that would then imply that he was asked to do that by someone uh, involved with the I mean, the he may have volunteered. He may have said like, hey, you know, if yeah. I'm going to be taking my shirt off for a sex scene, I'm going to start pumping iron. Yeah, maybe so. Um, I, I, it, it, I will just say I, I, it was jarring for me at first <laughs> because yeah. he's in that tank top for his uh, that entire almost sex scene. And I was like, oh, 17 years old (laughs) yeah yeah like he is fully a teenager we are admitting that we are grown adults we are not thirsting after this it's just the change is visually dramatic yeah i mean i think it's too early to say whether or not it's a commentary i mean as this subplot kind of keeps going on maybe we'll find out Mm -hmm. but again this is very much just a taste because we're spending so much time um with the other side of the story Yes. So things come together at the end of the episode when, yes, the three of them are there. They're trying to plot, how are we going to get Chucky? And then he calls them to, uh, (laughs) you know, deliver some trademark Chucky quips such as, did you bitches miss me? (laughs) They all get emails first. And I love it. Like uh, Jake and Lexus are all like intricate, like emails. And then Devin is just fuck you, Devin. Once again, uh, we should note that Arnerson delivers the comedy very, very well. He's such an understated performer. Yeah. I mean, it's very nice to get to see him actually doing some of that again. Yeah, I think he got the short stick last season because he was very much stuck, like just like being like, oh, Jake, Jake, Jake. And I kind of hope he gets a little bit more independence and agency this season. Yes, agreed. Yeah, but I'm happy that at least the three of them are spending time together in this first episode. I remember in season two, they were very separated for at least those first couple of episodes. It was a Mm -hmm. lot of phone calls and Skyping and stuff. Yeah. Whereas here, you know, they're in person, they're able to make a plan. And yes, we realize, okay, Chucky is on the TV. Now we have to get to D.C. and infiltrate the White House. Well, and at least their guardian, though, believes them about Chucky. So we already have an adult that's on their side, which unfortunately right. in the world of Chucky means she might not be long for this world. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm curious to see how, like, is the next episode going to be them driving to D.C.? Or are we going to be able to jump ahead and just immediately get into the action? Have you watched the trailer for the season yet? Uh, I have not. I've tried to remain spoiler free. Yeah. They're definitely going to get to the White House at some point. And I'm just kind of like, <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> I mean, it's Chucky. We suspend our disbelief. Oh, yeah. At They'll just walk in the turn. front door. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I think this is a promising start to this season. Again, it's really hard just to go off of a, of a premiere alone, especially one that's not solely devoted to the characters we already know and love. Yes. But I think it, I think it's off to a solid start. Mm, yeah, again, this feels like a good reintroduction to characters we already know, uh, setting up a couple of new ones. Hopefully that we'll get to spend a bit more, like maybe half a season with before we start to kill them. Yeah. And once again, everybody who's looking for Jennifer Tilly, it's like, all right, just 
hold your breath. We'll get She'll get her. here at some point. It might yeah. be next week. Who knows? Who knows? We we will find out. Yeah. <laughs> but until we find out, y'all, uh, I guess until our next episode, we can cross out Murder at 1600. Indeed. And cross out Chucky Queers.